email. Oh my god, I'm so scared. But um bum bum bum. Oh fuck. But um bum bum. Terminator's coming. Uh, I'm Jeff. I'm Josh. And on this program, we read your emails and uh, I don't know, say some words. We talk about them and we tell uh, you good job. Thanks for sending <laughs> them in. We will answer your questions. We'll discuss your discussion points. We'll pitch your ditches or ditch your yeah, pitches. That's what we're talking about. Some peyote, baby. We will uh, read Rich Master's writing at length and only that. Don't send in long emails. <laughs> I'd like to preface this show by saying that if you'd like your email read on the air, <laughs> you can send it to mclassemail at gmail.com. You can ask us anything, really. It doesn't have to even be Star Trek related. No. It doesn't have to be about any goddamn thing. Just send us emails. We're fucking lonely, dude. It's out here in space on Satellite M, which is a real thing that we're really in. It's yeah, super Jeff lonely. Jeff and I were just talking about uh, some old game called Elder Scrolls for like an hour. Yeah, between recording the regular show and this, we spent a straight hour talking about Elder Scrolls. How the Wood Elves are the best. Wood Elves are the best race in, in Elder Scrolls. Agreed, 100%. Our first email <laughs> is from Phantom Thief Goofus. Oh, love that Goofus. <laughs> love that Goofus. <laughs> it is entitled Beneath the Space Mask. What the fuck? Ahoy, track boys. It's me, Phantom Thief Goofus. I think he mean, I think he means Tim Russ. It's yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice try, Tim. <laughs> in honor of Gay Wrath Month, the month after Gay Pride Month, officially established in the Fash Bash Wars of 2021, <laughs> I have an announcement to make. Uh-huh. I am asexual. That's right, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Much like a priceless work of art, I'm off the market. Okay. Also, as captain and founder of Cool Crimes, Inc., I officially steal data for the ace community. He's ours now. Sorry, not sorry. He's fully functional, though. He, he fully functioned with a lady once. That at least makes him some type of sexual. He fully functioned with also a Borg, so I don't know what that is. It's but true. A pansexual, maybe? Maybe, because it's like the Borg are everything, so... I don't know. Well, congratulations on coming out as asexual to the yeah, M-Class community. That's, that's yeah. I'm, I'm sorry that it is no longer Gay Wrath Month as we are recording this <laughs> in August. It's August. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess is the gay month of rest. But <laughs> <laughs> on the eighth month, they rested. Anyways, enough about me. Trek boys, check under your seats. I, uh, got you something. There's a cat under mine. <laughs> That's right, a Gorn Blood Ruby freshly heisted <laughs> from a volcano. What the fuck? <laughs> How did you... Uh, you know what? I don't want to know. Obviously, it's useless after we defeated that some bitch capitalism in the gamer wars <laughs> of 2069. Man, there's so many wars. <laughs> <laughs> we got to go through at least 20 or 30 of them. The gamer wars? I don't think I want to be around for that. I'm one. glad I'll be dead before that. Yeah, I'll be way dead. <laughs> but do you know how hard it is to do a cool heist in a volcano while wearing a sick long coat that uses the latest binar nanotech to allow billow <laughs> billowing dramatically in the wind, even in the vacuum of space? That's how they do it. I never knew that. <laughs> I saved you the trouble of replicating a paperweight. It's the thought that counts. 
<laughs> I'm pretty excited about this Gorn Blood Ruby I got now. What are we gonna do with it? Should we put it like? I don't know. What should we do with it? Put, put it in the ice your, cream room. Put it up your butt. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, we'll see where the night goes. <laughs> I'm not saying no. It's still early. It's only one a.m. Yeah, get okay. some ice cream in me. We'll be good. <laughs> okay. Enough world building. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that was. I've been thinking about the themes rebellion and change a lot lately. I wonder mm. why that is, Josh. Can you think of a reason? <laughs> Um, I can think of one. I got a question for you. <laughs> How important is rebellion to being a good Starfleet captain? The Prime Directive seems to get broken all the time, plus we all know that all Starfleet higher-ups like admirals are boot-licking fuddy-duddies. Like, say, <laughs> Admiral Goofus. Goddamn. Fuddy-duddies at best, and secret <laughs> worm parasites at worst. What do you guys think? That's a great question. Um, yeah, like, so to be a good captain, you kind of have to, like, know when to bend the rules, right? Like, breaking the rules is, like, one thing, but, like, the the Prime Directive is, like, really good, but it's also, like, completely inefficient. Like, it's not, ac- it's it doesn't say, like, here are a list of things you can and can't do, right? Like, it is a so single super, directive. It's super gray. It's such a gray area. As, as a captain, you gotta know when to hold them. No when yeah. to fold them, no yeah. when to walk away, and no yeah, when to shot, use a gun. I shot a man in Re- Riza just to watch him die. Damn, on Riza? Yeah, it's okay. It was a hologram. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> uh, Phantom Thief Goofus personally thinks that the Prime Directive is much more of a guideline than a hard set of rules. Yeah, After all, yeah. good and law are two different things, and law can go suck its own dick because I ain't doing that. <laughs> Locking a suck its own dick. Yeah, I mean to be a captain, like you're like entire like entrusted with like this crazy responsibility, right? Like you're in charge of like a thousand people at least. You have a ship that can blow up a fucking planet. And they're like, go out there and just do your best, but don't fuck up. <laughs> it's or fucking else we'll crazy. Marshal your ass. Yeah, or you're going to jail, right? It's crazy. I, I think that brings up like the guiding principle that I live my life by which is good isn't always lawful right like good and law are two different things I've always felt that way and I just learned that more and more as I get older yep there's a lot more gray than you think it's it's a lot like, of gray. Doing the right thing doesn't always mean following the law. And I, every yeah. Starfleet captain knows that. And I feel like every higher-up understands that to a degree. Because Picard breaks all sorts of laws and guidelines and shit. But he's still the one of the most decorated captains in Starfleet history. Yeah. Fucking Captain Kirk steals two ships on two separate occasions. He blows one up. <laughs> and he's still one of the most highly decorated and honored Starfleet captains in history. I like what, yeah, they like court martial him and they're like, your punishment is to get the thing you exactly wanted. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah, sweet. Win one for the rebels. <laughs> it's, yeah, I 100% agree with that though. Yeah, no, that's that, I agree too. You gotta, you gotta, like you said, you gotta know when to fold them, dude. It's right, right. It's having a sense of rebellion probably makes you a better captain. Like you, the thing about being a captain is you are like God on your ship. You're the king. 
Mm-hmm. Nobody else has say over you on your ship. Right. And that sort of autonomy is understood by Starfleet Command. They can give you orders and you have to follow them, but if you follow them in a way that they don't foresee, they understand that because you're right. the king of your castle. It's a, it's or all the like queen. circumstantial. Or the queen. Sorry. Right. It's all circumstantial too, right? Like It's like, well, this this happened and like we had to do this. And it, it's... It's like a four-dimensional problem. It's not a it's not a two-dimensional problem where you can be like, well, here the checklist says uh, don't go into the neutral zone, right? You know, like sometimes you gotta go into the fucking neutral zone, man. Like it's crazy. It's, it's all depending on what's necessary to do the right thing at the right time. Yeah. Um, Phantom Thief Goofus continues. It was once perfectly legal to lock up children in cages because they were a different skin tone. After all. Mm-hmm. But that might be my cool space rogue sensibility showing, although he spelled it rouge. Space rouge? Check you later, Trek boys. Sorry for the long email. Signed, Phantom Thief Goofus. Yeah, that's a great email. Thank you, Phantom Thief Goofus. I mean, Tim Russ. Captain and founder of Cool Crimes Incorporated. I got Ghost this Gorn Blood Diamond. <laughs> Uh, congratulations again on coming out to the yeah. world as asexual. That uh, yeah, that's must, awesome. Must have been difficult decision to make. I'm glad that our podcast could help out. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Uh, our next email is from Fed. Mm-hmm. Fedco. Mm-hmm. I know. Who says uh, it's entitled "Petition for the Naming of the Extra Galactic Parasites"? Oh. Ensign what, the, Pennington. Ensign thing, Henderson. What is this? I don't Trek like this. <laughs> I don't like when it starts out like this. Tapon? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On Stardate 3287.2, a.k.a. Star Trek TOS Season 1, Episode 29, Operation Annihilation, the season finale, mm-hmm. the USS Enterprise, under the command of Captain James Tiberius Kirk, encountered a most unusual entity which none deigned to identify with a proper name. A flying, behavior-altering parasite, theorized to be an extragalactic entity due to its inarguably unconventional properties. Mm-hmm. Those are those little like gross things that stuck to walls and shit, and they were like killing everything on a planet that Kirk's brother yeah. was on. Yeah, Kirk, uh, who was just Shatner with a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is unacceptable for such a remarkable specimen to have gone unnamed for such an extended period of time. As such, I'm seeking signatures of approval in my campaign to assign the creatures a name befitting their visible features and properties. I would have called them Night Eggs. This is the most logical name, and my reasoning is as follows. <laughs> night Eggs. Judging by their physical shape, the creatures bear a resemblance to what is commonly referred to as an egg prepared over easy. <laughs> Included in this message are reference images for visual comparisons, should readers be unfamiliar with this. Okay. And holy shit, it does look like an over easy egg. It's a Night Egg. Currently, the only known vulnerability of these creatures is electromagnetic radiation, specifically of wavelengths commonly radiated by G-class stars. Thus, the creatures prefer to avoid the light, keeping to the shadows and leaving them only under the cover of night. Thus, it is night when one would most likely be encountering them. Oh my god, we have to tell Kevin36 about this. (laughs) 
I don't really want to talk about what happened to the 35 previous Kevins. I mean, lots of different things. <laughs> I guess I was there. I just don't remember because I'm Jeff 37. So. What? With these defining characteristics in consideration, I believe the efficient name Night Egg to be the most logical for... I feel like I should have been doing a Vulcan voice this whole time. I mean, this is fine. It's like kind of... It's very like uh, like I'm like I'm listening to a... Uh, like a zoo books. <laughs> I believe the efficient name Night Egg to be most logical for this creature. It is expected that, having received and possessed this transmission, you will share this belief as well. I await your signatures, signed Science Officer Fedco, currently not assigned to a vessel. Oh, man. Well, I mean, with this discovery, you should have any pick on the fleet, man. Like, this is a, a huge discovery. I can't wait to tell everybody about night eggs. <laughs> night eggs are not only delicious, but they're awesome. They're extra-dimensional parasite aliens as well, it turns out. I was eating eggs this morning, and I was thinking about how weird it is that we eat eggs. Dude, I, was like, I had eggs with chicken the other yeah. night. Like, I had, I had grilled chicken, like baked chicken with like stuff all over it. And my wife made deviled eggs. And she, yeah, like, I don't Crystal, like deviled eggs. I love deviled eggs. Crystal I'm makes not. the best deviled eggs on earth, too. Maybe hers are good. I've not had They're any very, buddies. like, mustardy and tangy. Okay. They're I really don't. good. Maybe. I'll try them someday. Um, someday. Someday I'll have to give you some. Um, <laughs> Send me some eggs through the mail. <laughs> that'll turn out great. Yeah. But I, I, like, stopped eating at a certain point, and I was like, man, this dinner is really fucked up. <laughs> It's weird. Dude, <laughs> eggs just are weird. They're just weird. I had the egg fried rice for dinner. It's fucking oh, delicious. Oh, man, I had Chinese food. I had, like, pork fried rice. Oh, so good. So good. Why can't white people make good food ethnically? What's up with that? <laughs> we live in, like, well, we're, like, from shitty, like, shitty parts of the world. Like, like uh, Central Europe is, like, fucking horrible. <laughs> like, it's, it's just, true. like, climate-wise. Like, what can you eat there, right? Like, Sheeps. dirt. Yeah, you just eat, like, cows, sheeps, and, like, you bury cabbage in the ground till it ferments, and you eat that. That's oh, that what sounds we great. Um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Thank you for that email, Fedco. I guess I'll figure out a, a different voice than Tapons to do for you next time if you're going to type like that. get, like, a computer voice. I, is Fedco... I, I pictured Fedco being, like, a... Like, sort of like a... Like a data? Android-esque, yeah. Like, he's sort of, like, not a data, but, like, maybe he's just, like, very, like... Like a Frieza? Maybe it's a Frieza. Is that a Frieza? <laughs> Our next email is from Yakub. Yakub. And it is entitled Stay Frosty. It's like August, so. Yeah. I mean, I wish. <laughs> I, uh, I think the email show name should be changed to indicate its revival. What? This is basically a sequel, so maybe following the Alien franchise, you could add an S to the title. <laughs> M class emails! <laughs> <laughs> I fucking knew I fucking knew that was coming I knew it Oh my god That's fucking brilliant Oh Yaku, uh, man, You we, got me You got us gonna, We're gonna need a new email We're gonna need a new email uh, It's a shame somebody already took that other one um, A hypothetical You're a trill symbiont And you Ooh. get to pick Three hosts for yourself in succession. Oh. Yakub outlines his hosts. My first pick would be an athletic individual. I'd like to know the mm -hmm. feeling of being good at physical activities since currently I get little to no pleasure from them. 
Not mm. necessarily a Klingon, because all that food wouldn't agree with me. Okay. Second, so you can go into anybody. It doesn't yeah, it's not, it's not just to... a trill. Okay. Um, the second host would be a Vulcan. Purging emotions seems so fascinating, and in case I don't like it, there's an opportunity to regain them with the following host. The third mm-hmm. pick would definitely be a Cadian ambassador, because deep down, I am a comfy man, and cats are all about that comfortable life. Damn right. Your symbiotic, Yakub, a Dabo oh. boy at Quark's Bar, Grill, Gaming House, and Hollow Sweet Arcade. What? I've never seen him there. A Dabo boy. A Dabo boy. Dabo! Dabo! Uh, I would pick the three people with the biggest butt in all the galaxy. The once three consecutive go, biggest butts. Once you go into the first person and they have the biggest butt, what do you no, have to gain from having a would, smaller No, you start at the third biggest and you go to the biggest. But you already know, if you just go into the biggest butt, you already know all the pleasures of having a very large ass. Do I, though? I feel like you do. You but have a lifetime. Like, you have a lifetime with the giantest ass in all of creation. But then I get to go to the second biggest butt. And then finally the the number one biggest butt in all the universe. Galaxy. Well, known universe. Known universe. I feel like you should just go into that one first. And then the Why second one, one could be the and then the second one could be the one with like the biggest boobs. Wow, and then like really the third one the could boobs. be the one with the biggest wanger. <laughs> and that way you could get the whole spectrum of very large body parts that people I'm find attractive. I'm already in the guy with the biggest wanger in the universe, Jeff. I don't need to know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? Uh, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the question's a tough one because normally a trill can only go into to a trill. Yeah, yeah, symbionts can only go in trill, and they would tell you only certain trills, but we know that that's a lie. But Riker has one at one point, and so. then and Jadzia finds out that it's bullshit when she's like, "Why was I in a serial killer?" And they're like, "Because like pretty much anybody can do it, but we don't tell people that." Yeah. <laughs> We don't want yeah. they, like they talk about any trill can do it, but yes. like Riker had one in him for a while, yeah, he and that was that. fine. So I guess Riker would be number one. Oh, that's when he like falls in love with the with the doctor, right? Yeah, is that that? Yeah, it's like yeah. the the trill is in love with the doctor, and then when he's right. in Riker's body, he's still in he, love with her. But then he gets put in a lady body, and yeah, and Doctor Crusher is like, "This is I the can't. '80s. I can't do that." Yeah, we're not there yet. Who? So, I don't know, man. I would think that, like, look, I'm not trying to say trills are, like, not interesting. Yeah. They seem like a fine, interesting folk. They're mostly interesting because they can have the symbiont in them. Yeah. <laughs> They're interesting because, like, they've lived a long life because of the symbiote. Yeah. I don't know. They're just, like, regular people, I guess. Like, they're just, like, humans with spots. I think I would huh. just do, like... I think I would just go Klingon, Vulcan, and then... Maybe um, we're thinking about this the wrong way. Ryzen? Oh, God. <laughs> That's what I should have picked. <laughs> just pick a Ryzen and just live a fucking life of leisure oh and God. sex, and that just would be awesome. fucking and eating? 
Holy shit. I would live a warrior's life as a Klingon, and then I would live yeah. a scholar's life as a Vulcan, and then mm-hmm. I would le- live a hedonist life as, <laughs> as a Ryzen. As a glutton. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Damn. Fuck. Maybe, like, I don't know, maybe I would pick somebody, like, really good at something. Like, somebody really good at, uh, like, Domjot. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd win a lot of money. That never matters. In no, Star money Trek. does not matter in Star Trek. <laughs> I don't know. It's That's tough. a tough one. It's tough. Like, it really, the idea is like, what type of life experience would you like to have if you could have another life experience afterwards? Yeah, that's a really that's a really big question because I saw this movie uh, where this guy like wishes he wasn't around and then this angel like shows him like this is what it would be like if you weren't around oh, you mean uh, the Christmas uh, special of uh, every uh, fucking television series ever it's a wonderful life I think <laughs> it's called and then Except like, it wasn't gosh. a wonderful life it would have been better if they the angel showed him around and everybody's life was like amazing they do like, that on something I forget yeah it's like Futurama or something like that. yeah like I feel like they do that quite a lot where like everybody's lives are great and they're like fuck this I want them to suffer too that's right yeah then they're like I'm coming back just out of spite yeah I, think I know I'd be in the most spiteful person in the galaxy uh, too late Josh <laughs> oh that one <laughs> that one's the one <laughs> Um, well, guess what? I'm not Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd have to go Klingon Vulcan Ryzen. That's a good. That's a good set. Can I be in a queue? Can I just go to do yeah, that? Yeah, dude, that would be fucking amazing. Just that to be would able be to do literally anything in the universe and see it all. And that's kind of like it. that's kind of like wishing for more wishes, right? Like it's kind of yeah. Since Q yeah. are immortal anyway. Yeah, like I'll never die. So. What if there was just a Q symbiote? Like, just a symbiote. I guess he's done that. They've done everything, right? Oh, yeah. Q have done literally everything. They just turn themselves into whatever the fuck, like, all the time. It must get confusing trying to, like, communicate as Q. Because they're all Q. Yeah, I don't know. They're just above that, though. Like, we're too stupid to understand it. They have, like, problems in the episodes where they're, like, the female Q or the old Q. Or the young yeah. Q. Yeah. The one the one that like like I guess like the re- like 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 the hand wave is like they're trying to simplify it for us, right? Yeah, probably so. Cuz we're dummies, we don't know. The female Q is played by the same lady who played the Vulcan lady doctor on TNG. Yeah. She's, She's also an Andorian in the Inter- in Enterprise. Oh yeah. She's sort of a And she's Kalar. Who? Worf's uh, mate who he has Alexander with. Oh fuck yes. Yeah. She's very pretty. She's tall. She's super tall. It's like seventeen feet tall. Taller than that. Fuck that. (laughs) 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 Oh my god. Uh, I think we answered that. Thanks for the email, Yakub. We definitely, definitively answered that. Our next email is from Steve. Hello, Steve. Call Steve Nimzik. And it is entitled, Picard and the Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> hey, guys. So what are you looking forward to most in this new Picard series? Well, Steve. Steve, let me tell you about a show. 
It's called Jeff and Josh Shoot the Shit. And there is an entire episode that'll be out by the time this episode of email is out to the general public on our Patreon. Go get it. What is it, a dollar? I think it's five. Oh, it's five? I think it's five bucks a month in order to get it. And it is an hour-long discussion of our thoughts, feelings, hopes, fears... Everything. Everything about the Picard series. I mean, I guess, like, to summarize, I think my hope is uh, that it doesn't suck. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Just to paraphrase the hour is that, like, we're scared of Kurtzman and we hope that he has as little to do with it as possible. So I'm looking forward to it not sucking, (laughs) potentially, maybe. God willing. Does that answer his question? Probably not, but you know what will? Heading on over to patreon.com slash podcast, where for as little as $5 a month, you gain access to a myriad of content, including podcasts, commentary tracks, audio logs, behind-the-scenes blogs and info, and much, much more. Did you just memorize that? No, I just said it. Like, you just said it? Yeah. Whoa. I'm pretty fucking good at my job, Josh. I know my that. job is not podcasting. So, did you get put into a, like a trill, a symbiote that is like <laughs> used to be a like a announcer for Dude, t- like TV shows? I could be a radio announcer so easy. You could be. You could be on there with me, Josh. We should do yeah, radio I'm not together. Good at it. I'd be like the the dummy. You're not the dummy. They wheel out, and they're like, this guy can't talk about You're super interesting, Josh. Everyone loves you. Shut up and let me do this next email. Imagine if I wasn't a dummy. I'd be like a god. (laughs) (laughs) Our next email is from Boston Sean Dupree. Boston Sean Dupree. And it is entitled, Trek Talk with Minneapolis Mom. Oh, God, Minneapolis Mom. (laughs) She's back. It's Minneapolis Mom. And it begins, Trick Boys! Not a big fan of rape culture here. Mm-hmm. That was an uncomfortable episode to watch with my mom, but she told mm. me this was the first episode her and her brothers watched back in the 60s. Oh, wow. She said that after that uh, the episode ended, they all assumed transporter accidents were going to be the primary issues in the show. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you know, how is it? She's you know, she wasn't right. that wrong. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, here are some of Minneapolis mom's hot takes. Oh my god, I love it. She couldn't make a joke to make that dog any funnier. <laughs> I like that guy's Swedish flag uniform. <laughs> yeah, dude. The dust all over it. That's funny. Evil Kirk hates art. There is that scene where he like kind of like flicks at the painting in yeah. Rand's room, and he's like, "Meh, <laughs> fucking art." Ugh. I like Yeoman Rand's xenomorph haircut. (laughs) My mom didn't know the word xenomorph. She kept calling them banana aliens. The banana aliens? (laughs) (laughs) They're not even yellow. (laughs) My mom thinks her name is Yeoman, but that's understandable. (laughs) That's the most mom-ass shit I've ever fucking heard. Spock tells Kirk that it's his duty to lie. Who am I to argue with logic, I guess? Logic says lie. (laughs) Evil Kirk hates books, too? This guy (laughs) hates culture. Yeah. Sean, what's that called when a bunch of young people get together and just snuggle? (laughs) 
<laughs> me. I think they call it a cuddle party, Mom. Mom, we just called them orgies. <laughs> Your mom rules. Your mom has lived a life she will not tell you about, yeah, but... <laughs> you're gonna have to, like, read about that, but well, dude. Scotty really seems uncaring about Sulu. He really doesn't give a fuck in this episode. He's like, yeah. the dog got turned into two dogs! He's got, he's got technical problems to worry about. He can't be worried about Sulu. This last scene was Shatner's favorite because he got to hug the person he loves the most, himself. Damn, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> Wait, why doesn't the ship have those little ships to go get Sulu? That's what I Good said. question, Minneapolis mall. <laughs> we also we also said that we, those exact words too. Why doesn't the ship have the little ships? That's all. I love when you guys do TOS episodes because my mom absolutely loves TOS, but refuses to watch later tracks, so it's fun to hear her talk a little bit about Star Trek. Until does next she, time, Boston Sean. Does she listen to this? Because if she does, she should totally watch later Star Trek. I'd love to hear Minneapolis mom take on TNG, especially like season one or two. Yeah, oh you God. should tell her season one is basically just TOS, yes. but with a different cast. Yeah, it's just TOS. I think she'd get into it. I would yeah. love to hear her do some takes on TNG. Your mom's I love her takes fuck, anyway. Your mom's she's, fucking funny. She's hilarious. <laughs> We're calling them banana aliens. Banana is the aliens. funniest shit. And then me. you gotta like interpolate like what the fuck that means because like moms are like, what is it called when, yeah, like you don't I love uh, all the things we missed talking about, like the Swedish flag uniform and yeah. Kirk, evil Kirk, or as we called him, Burke, Burke, hating art. Yeah, Burke hates art. He hates <laughs> culture, dude. <laughs> can't, he can't be bothered. <laughs> uh, our next email is from Charles of Starfleet Intelligence. Do we always make a Charles in Charge joke about him? Charles in Charge of our, our emails and our POTs. Charles in Charge. <laughs> um, this is entitled, Fun Fact, if you ever hit Odo hard enough, you would actually fix his face. What? That's, That's mean. rude as fuck. That's super mean. He can't make a good face because he's dumb. Good <laughs> Because he's dumb. He's stupid. <laughs> Good evening, track boys. Hello. Yours truly is investigating a robbery at the central bank of Ferenganar. This oh, may no. be off topic, but I just listened to the OGOC pod episode, and I'd like to take you all over to a little land called Darinos. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god. This is just a pitch it or ditch it for Darinos. <laughs> uh... Everybody who's listening to this for sure knows Darinos is a land first spoke of in the podcast hit fantasy fiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if you don't go go listen to it, um, he's skirting the system by emailing us about a show that we did that I was look, guest to on your podcast. Look, he's he's like skirting the system <laughs> he's, here. He's skirting the system, but we only got seven emails. We so. don't. We don't have. We don't have a protocol for this, so we're gonna allow. It. <laughs> on, on a small shack on the coast lives our subject, Relbig the Half Mermaid. Mm. Relbig's dad, <laughs> Half Mermaid. The Half Mermaid, only half. <laughs> That's all mermaids. Relbig's dad was the greatest fisherman in all the land who was saved by an enchanting mermaid. Mm. Run on sentence ahead. 
they decided to get married and have kids, which was weird at first, but he got used to it, which is the kind of thing you have to do to make marriages work. I'm pretty sure we've all done something stranger than throwing our baby batter on a pile of caviar, and we shouldn't judge them as long as they're happy, which they are. (laughs) Relbig unfortunately got the wrong end of the mermaid lottery and has a man's body with a fish's head. He hires the local village kids in the summer to help him with his dad's fishing business, but spends most of the time reading. The kids ask him how he's okay fishing when he has a giant fish's head, and he tells Mm. them all the same thing. (laughs) Oh my god, he talks so beautifully. I've got to get back to work, boys. It looks like this case just got out of hand. They found a piece of the Defiant. The Constitution class Defiant. Oh, no. Signed, Charles, Starfleet Intelligence. Man, you really fucking skirted them rules, didn't you, buddy? That was, that was a, a masterfully done hack of the system. <laughs> like, that dude was like... hacked directly into my brain through two podcasts in order to get me to do that. That dude was like, how do I send in an email for a podcast that's been out? for two months i know i'll just send it into the other podcast here's the thing everyone else listening right now please please turn up your audio uh if any of the rest of you do this i'm going to delete the email like i don't care if we have one email for a fucking week i'll do a show with one email yeah not doing this anymore That was a good story, though. Charles skirted the system because he was clever and he thought to do it first. He's the first one, right? And I'll I'll reward that type of lateral thinking. Yes. Not any of you fucking followers. You're going to fail the Kobayashi Maru if you cheat. Because Kirk (laughs) did it first, so don't try it. So, our last email of the night. Oh my god, already? We're literally only 33 minutes into this podcast. I made a solemn vow to myself that no matter how few emails we got... I would yeah. do the show. Yeah. And no matter how long we could talk about it, I would do the show. So just send is... in just send in emails, everyone, please. Just it could be anything. Just be like, how was your day? <laughs> don't send in that. I won't I don't want to answer that. It'll be bad. <laughs> it's our next bad. email, our last email, is from oh. Rich Masters, the master of the spoken word and the written word. Oh my god. I have a just huge boner, right? <laughs> Uh, it is entitled Beverly Episode Time. I think I've written more Bev than they did in the show by yeah, now. Yeah, you've done two Bevs? This Oh my god. This dude loves Bev. He's a big Bev fan. Yeah, he, I mean, who isn't though, right? Yeah, it's true. Like, true. I think Bev on paper is much better than Bev in practice, though. I'm just, I'll say it. Ah, uh, you got say it. the shitty opinions, I forgot. <laughs> um... <laughs> It begins, Trek Boys. Now, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. A long time. <laughs> a long time. Star Wars reference on a Star, Star Trek podcast? Yeah, I'm edgy like that. That's, that's like British edginess right there. I Very said the polite. wrong thing when I was supposed to say the other. Oh, golly gee. <laughs> if only I had an umbrella for all this rain. <laughs> I'm feeling that now, living near Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's been, like, really shitty where you're at. It's been Ferenginar, but on Earth. Damn, in Pittsburgh, dude. where I live, in the city of Pittsburgh. <laughs> <clears throat> so, boys, stoke the campfire, get those blankies ready, and put a block of sugar on a stick to toast it. It's store a what? Uh, he means a marshmallow. 
Oh, okay. It's, it's not really a block. Time. It's sort of like a cylindrical block. Like, I thought that was a British thing. Like, you put a fucking thing of sugar on a stick. That's probably what they call it, like, because they don't a, have words. It's a sugar stick. It's a sugar-wuggy stick, sugar. You, you put a sugar block on a stick, and then you toast it. Darling, go fetch me the, a stick from our one tree we have. <laughs> this is the worst English accent that anyone's ever No, fucking mine's had. fucking amazing, dude. <laughs> Roy Governor. Anyway, um, here we go. Episode 22 of Star Trek TNG Season 8. Oh, my God. Please note, this is a Crusher-based episode, so I will be interchangeably using Beverly, Bev, Dr. Crusher, Doc Crusher, Crusher, Crusho, and the big Crusherino, maybe. That notice for you, I think. Just thought I'd be transparent. Cough, Jeff, cough. Smiley face. Yep, yep, I knew it. I love how personally he takes it when I call it. <laughs> he, does, he does switch to Bev quite often. He, like Bev, Bev. Now I'm calling her Bev. Beverly Crusher won't even be in the episode, but he'll like slip in a Bev. The, it's like I hurt his feelings. I didn't really like. I like. I touched a nerve. I think the first time I was yeah. like, "You don't know these fucking people," <laughs> and he was like, "I write them. They I know mine." Them. <laughs> Now we had a conversation about it. He uh, he was joking about it in the Discord with me. He literally just changes the name so much because it's boring to write the same. No, name yeah, over you don't want to write the same script. name. Yeah, it sucks. Which it is. Yeah. Uh, to begin the episode, the Enterprise E is taking a break from the war effort to bring in a potential new ally to the Federation, a species with unparalleled mastery of biogenetics called the Fornar. Up until recently, the species had completely cut itself off from all other races despite being warp-capable for hundreds of years. They fought off advances from both the Romulans and the Klingons, but no one understands how they did it. Captain Picard is hosting a reception after a week-long stay in the Fornar Imperium and is doing the usual diplomatic meet-and-greet with the head of the Fornar, Magister Eris. Hmm. Picard asks if Eris trusts him. Is it Eris or Aerith? It's Air. Well, I guess in America it would be Aerith, but in Japan it's Aerith. Aerith, okay. Just making sure. And I'm a weeb, so. Yeah. Picard asks <laughs> if Aerith trusts him enough now to explain why the Fornar were always so reclusive. Aerith explains that her people have passed the peak point of their evolution, and as such, their immune systems are completely compromised to most environments, even their what? own. Their massive push for advancements in biogenetics has been to prolong their existence as a species and to destroy new and virulent diseases that are threatening to wipe them out. There is also a xenophobic nationalist group that oppose outside interference and Federation membership. Oh, that sounds familiar. There always is, isn't there? Yeah, they're always around. Like a virus, almost. Oh, yeah, shit. Fucking, (laughs) I bet he'll do that. I bet he'll do that comparison. I bet. Captain Picard says that joining the Federation would be a benefit to both parties. The Federation has many talented medical professionals to help with their problem, and the Fornar could help with their research to finally break the Ketracel White dependency of the Jem'Hadar. Yeah, fucking get him off that crack, son! <laughs> Picard has his promise to Toranima to fulfill, after all. That's a good callback. Oh, yeah. To a previous episode Rich wrote. Yeah. Eris says the first step to Federation membership will be helping them destroy the disease that is ravaging her people. The Vorix. It is a disease that's so malicious and infectious that once someone catches it, they must be destroyed to stop the spread. Picard is horrified, but Eris says to Believer, they've tried everything else they can. The two leaders agree that hopefully good old Beverly Crusher's initial studies of the disease down on the planet 
will provide some much-needed initial insight. Let the sexy redhead do it. We're great. Sexy redheads can do anything. Yeah, we'll fucking fix your disease. Whatever. In an I, afternoon. <laughs> I feel like my ears are burning, Beverly jokes as she enters the conversation. Maybe I've caught something. What a fucking ill-timed joke, Beverly. Yeesh. Yeesh. Yikes. Eris laughs, explaining that burning ears are not typically a symptom of the Vorix. Good. The th- at least, like, Eris was, like, polite enough to be like, Haha, yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> the three discuss Crusher's recent trip down to the F- uh, Fornar Prime, and the Doctor admits that while she didn't make any real progress, she's hopeful that some of the new ways forward with the Vorix can be tried. Beverly excuses herself from the discussion. Picard follows her and asks if she's okay. She gives him a look as if there is something bothering her, goes to speak, and then stops. I'm just tired, Jean-Luc, she admits. She leaves the party and returns to her quarters. But once there, she tells the computer to seal the room and block any external comms. Oh god, it's gonna be a ghost. She's gonna have to fuck a ghost again. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. She speaks, seemingly at nothing. Okay, I'm back on the Enterprise. Now what? A deep voice replies from nowhere. Now we stick to the plan, or else we'll destroy the ship and everything on it. What the fuck? We're watching everything you do, Dr. Crusher. Oh no, the Nationalists are bullying Bev. No! Nobody bullies my doctor. (laughs) That's what I say, and then I punch him in the snoot. They have snoots? I don't know. (laughs) They're Starbelly Sneetches. I punch him in a snoot. (laughs) The title of the episode is Transmission. Get it? Uh, Double meaning. Double meaning. The next morning, Beverly is in her quarters in her bedclothes slash nightgown. Full disclosure here, I mean her pajamas, but that word doesn't sound very Star Trek, does it? Yeah. They say it in England. They say it different. They don't say pajamas. Pajamas? 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 Pajamas, yeah. I pictured pictured basically just like. Uh, like a sex outfit. <laughs> like a teddy. Yeah, you said like nightgown, and I just went straight to yeah. like, oh, a fuck I outfit. did too, because it was Beverly Crusher. Yeah, I mean, why not? The transmission only Beverly can hear is telling her that they need to hurry up and get going, and that she should get ready. Crusher says she's hardly going to shower in front of someone watching her. Grow up, Beverly, says the voice. <laughs> you are a means to an end. Nothing more. Now get fucking buck. <laughs> He didn't write that. I added that part. I was like, whoa. (laughs) A chime sounds and Picard is waiting at Beverly's door. They were supposed to be having breakfast. Crusher apologizes and Picard is quick to say that the breakfast isn't the only thing he's worried about. It's his friend. Bev is on her way to sickbay where she relieves Dr. Salar. Oh, she's back. Solar's back? Yeah! Oh, man, Jeff loves doctors. <laughs> I do, I do. And joins Nurse Ogawa at a biobed. Data is there. He has a problem with his primary rotor assembly in his shoulder. Who is this? asks the transmission. I don't get any biological, biological data from him. Mm. Bev goes to her cybernetic kit and explains who Data is. Kill him, says the voice. What? He is a risk. Bev refuses and goes back to Data. Beverly tries to be patient. Little pun there. Mm -hmm. But Data is unknowingly pushing her last nerve. 
She asks why he doesn't go to Jordy, and Data admits that Jordy is busy. He seems surprised by Beverly's annoyance and embarrassed and offers to come back later, but Beverly fixes him and lets him leave, then gets back to work on the Vorex. The next I like day, how she gets like a like a toolkit for him. <laughs> uh, let me go get my wrench. The next day, the transmission orders Bev to engineering. He wants a readout of the weapons and shield frequencies of the ship. Initially, she refuses, but the transmission does something to her that makes her double over in pain. He says if Crusher doesn't comply, he can do the same to the rest of the crew. How's he doing this? What is this weapon the national nationalists are using? I hear you thinking. Nah, he, he got you dead to rights, buddy. Oh my god, it's like he's he's like the guy in her is him to me. <laughs> she goes to engineering where she awkwardly pretends to be checking up on Data while checking readouts for the technical schematics of the ship. Jordy doesn't notice, but Data does. <gasps> Later, when Crusha is le- Crusher, Crusha, the Crushinator. Fucking Crusher from Donkey Kong Country is leading the bridge night shift. But Pa, I love him. (laughs) She awkwardly asks Hawk some questions about the deflector shield, again on transmission's order. When the questioning doesn't go well, she asks Data to take command as she doesn't feel well. Data notices again. Oh, Bev, you need to get your sleuth working for you, girl. (laughs) I didn't say that. I would never say that. Uh, Ogawa calls Crusher to sickbay. It seems the initial testing on the Vorix samples has gone well. You know what you need to do, the transmission says. Destroy it, right? A few days later, Beverly sits in the briefing room, waiting for the rest of the senior staff to arrive. As Troy enters with Riker, she senses her friend is feeling uncomfortable and sits next to her, asking her if she's okay. With an exhausted smile, the doctor admits that she's distracted, the disease down on the planet is hardy, defiant even. Careful, warns the transmission. Bev tells Troy she's fine, honestly, but Troy seems unconvinced. Mm. With the arrival of Picard and Magister Eris, the briefing begins. Crusher leads the briefing and seems almost ashamed when she relays the fact that none of her plans to combat the disease have worked. The Magister is, of course, disappointed. She asks about the initial successful test that Crusher was so confident about, and asks why none of those bore any fruit. Crusher admits that the first tests were positive, but she hadn't had any luck with the follow-ups. Eris is bitterly disappointed. That doesn't Picard seem right. her. This is still only the second week of them knowing the problem, and while using while only using one medical staff, no matter how good they are, the meeting is disbanded. But Picard asks Beverly to join him in the ready room. Damn. Picard asks if there's something Crusher wants to tell him. Kill him. Kill him now. The transmission says. Beverly is on edge and awkward, but Picard just wants to know why she's doubting herself, why she's being so defeatist, and that he has faith in her. Data has noticed how distracted she is and was concerned for her. She tells Picard that she has taken her initial failures to heart, but that she'll get right back to it. She leaves to get some rest, and Picard calls Data and Eris into the ready room. Beverly rushes back to her quarters and tells transmission she can't follow his demands anymore. She doesn't care what he does to the ship. She can't allow the Fornar, Fornar to go extinct. Wait, is the transmission the disease? Maybe. Damn. Did you get that? What is that? The transmission finally admits. Pause for Jeff and Josh to guess. Josh already guessed it. He's <laughs> not a xenophobic nationalist. He's the Vorix. Yeah, he's a disease. Yeah. The Fornar humanoids are on their last legs. Damn, Josh, you fucking called that, dude. I gotta um, give you a pat on the back for that shit. I'm pretty smart. <laughs> 
He, you're pretty smart. I gotta agree. <laughs> the Fornar humanoids are on their last legs, and the evolution of their planetary system has created a self-aware, intelligent viral species oh to replace God. them. God. The Fornar have known about their existence for nearly 100 years and have been systematically exterminating them. This Vorix, their leader, infected Beverly purposefully in order to get some help, but was too afraid of humanoids to ask directly. Transmission wants the Enterprise to carry the last of their kind to a planet with a simple, rudimentary life so that they can live in peace. Hmm. Crusher sh- says that they should tell Picard now, but the transmission is having none of that. Yeah, the they'll, they'll, Federation will let the disease live. He The f- disease doesn't know that, though. Well, what the fuck? Why doesn't it? It knows what she knows, doesn't it? No. It's no? just a disease that can talk to her. But, like, shouldn't it... Can it, like, it's not like in her brain reading her mind or anything. Well, it should be. What kind of dumb disease can't read your brain? <laughs> <laughs> How would she convince him without thinking Crusher is compromised or sick? But if she can beam the entire Vorex from their hideaway straight into sickbay, she can hide them until they're away from the Magister, and then Transmission will relent to letting Picard know. Mm-hmm. Crusher accepts and goes to sickbay to af- activate a site-to-site transport into her lab. Who's beaming germs around this shit? <laughs> but her command functions have been disabled. Oh, they know. they know. Data stands at the door with a phaser and a security team, and Picard orders her to the brig. Damn. Eris demands to see Picard, telling him he must eradicate Crusher. Yeah, we'll get right on that. Or they can kiss goodbye to any Federation treaty. Damn. Bev is in medical quarantine, and Picard goes to see her in concern. She's raving like a lunatic and tells Picard that he has to let Vorix transmit himself to understand. Trying to calm her, Picard tells Crusher that Eris has informed him of the symptoms of the Vorix, psychosis, and feelings of paranoia. But Crusher insists, explaining the plight of the Vorix and what they've been forced to do in order to survive. Mm -hmm. He asks how he can possibly believe her. Beverly tells her captain there is a simple solution. To see for himself. Oh, God. Picard yeah. steps onto the bridge, Beverly in tow. He orders Riker to transport the Fornar delegation back to Fornar Prime and gives the precise location of a dense pocket of life forms to beam directly to sickbay. Riker and Data are initially skeptical, but Troy confirms it might not be the captain alone in there, but he's in agreement with whomever is in there with him. Later... In the big Crusherino's lab. <laughs> he did it. Oh my god, he did it. <laughs> Data joins Beverly to help set up the containment field for the Vorix. He tells the doctor he's sorry for suspecting her of foul play and going to Picard. She tells him he did exactly the right thing. Data marvels at the new life form in the containment bay and admits how amazing it is to be present at such a crucial stage for such a unique form of life. <laughs> With a fond look, Bev says that's a similar sentiment to one Picard and her used to share about him. She that's is late nice. for dinner with the captain, and she leaves. And she tells Data not to get too close. She wouldn't want him to give. She wouldn't want to have to give him shots. He's yep. about to explain he wouldn't need him, <laughs> but she's gone already. The end. That's so good. That's the first contact episode. Uh, and such, it was couched uh, in a hidden version of that. I kind of suspected it, like, pretty early. I don't want to, like, suck my own dick, but... <laughs> well, Josh figured it out. He's he's very smart. I'm not... I'm dumb, but I'm not t- super dumb. If I wasn't reading the story out loud, I would have yeah. had a second to think about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Reading it's different. 
Like, Josh is the one who figures out the mysteries on these episodes. I just read them. Yeah. No, that's a, it's, that's really good, though. I like it that It is a really lot. good. I mean, I love an episode good. that's heavily Crusher. Yeah, no, it's, it's a, it's like a good Crusher episode, which, like, you don't always get. Right? Now, those are pretty few and far between. She usually yeah. just get fucked by Ghost. Yeah, Ghost fucks her. That, that usually happens. Or, what's the <laughs> other one? Like, she thinks the, if the universe... If she hasn't changed, then the universe has. Yeah, like the, the universe <laughs> is getting smaller, right? Um, is that part of t- what's his name's giant fetish? You think? Oh yeah, for sure. Like Brandon the universe Braga. is getting smaller. He was like, "Oh, she's real big. Gusher's big. <laughs> she's like way bigger than the giant women I normally yeah, love. Like, <laughs> like so big." <laughs> Three more to go, boys. I gotta admit, oh I will God. feel a sense of sadness when this is all done. It's definitely made me a better premise writer. That's, these are these are amazing. We were just saying how like these are incredible, and you need to like I don't know I don't know what you do with them. Give them to me. <laughs> Give them to me. <laughs> like not to like sell, but like I would love I would love a like something. These are so good. Like I- I'm gonna uh, he... cry when this is done. Uh, me too, man. Like, Rich commissioned me once to do a cover for one of his um, episodes. Like, yeah. one of the first ones. And we had talked about doing a, like, uh, like a cover and then the script inside. Like, yeah. the writing inside that people could read and do that for, like, every one of them. But yeah, uh, I charge money and Rich has a life outside of this. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I mean, guess we'll see. I don't know, but these are these are great. I love them. I was I was thinking of putting together a list of options for the next story time. What do you guys reckon? Oh. I would love to see some options that you would really be into. Like if you could give us multiple options and you would like really be into doing any of them. Yeah, I want you good. to do the ones that you want to do the most. Like that's what I would cuz like oh, yeah. you're writing them. I don't it's not up to me. Like but I mean, if you if you would, I don't know. I'll I'll what I, I would I want to see like what you want to do. <laughs> like, just show me like a list of things you want to do, so I can like, fantasize could, about it. We could um have like M class fans vote on it if you gave us like one or two options, or even up to four since it's all Twitter allows. Yeah. Uh, if you give us between two and four options. <laughs> Between two and four, we could have, or I guess we could do it on Patreon if it's more than that, and have it be open to anybody, whether they're a patron what, or not. I wonder what he's thinking. What does he want to do? I, I really wish he would have included that in the email, but he didn't. I want to know. Maybe he, he doesn't said, want to tell us yet. Maybe he was just asking if we would want to help him choose that way first. But anywho, better go get some sleep. Love you guy more than Q loves mariachi music. Rich. <laughs> Chief fidget spinner. F- Chief fidget spinner spinner on the okay. discovery. Wow. Deep lamenting sigh. The whole ship is a fidget spinner. Man, that's why the fucking millennials love they that series l- so much. <laughs> Am I right? I don't even think that was a millennial thing. I think it was like a Zoomer thing. Like they Are kids. they Zoomers now? Is that what they're called? Zoomers? I don't think anybody's decided on an actual... It shouldn't be Zoomers. It's too close to Boomers, and nobody wants to be associated with that shit. I think that's the idea, is it's like Boomers, and now they're Zoomers. But are they... But Boomers are, like, because there's a lot of them. Are there a lot of Zoomers? 
I think so. There's a lot of them getting raised by their fucking grandparents, I'll tell you that much. Why? Because their parents suck? Because their parents suck or and or are drug addicts. Oh, I wish I was That's a like drug the, addict. You are. That's like the saddest <laughs> like statistic out of West Virginia, a state yeah. of sad statistics, yeah, is that's that rough. 68% of students in West Virginia are being raised by their grandparents. I mean... At least they have grandparents, though. Yeah, I mean, they That's could be good. being raised by no one. That would be worse. That would be terrible. Yeah. I don't know what percentage you're being raised by no one. Uh, what's 68 minus 100? Oh, no. <laughs> 32%. I'm glad I don't live there anymore. Um, <laughs> you live in Pennsylvania, and we're perfect. It's a great state. Yeah. Uh, I didn't mean that to sound so sarcastic. It is a good state. The Keystone um, State. If you take us out, fuck it. We're fucked. The whole country falls apart. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I, I might end up living in Maryland before it's over, so who the fuck the knows? The Crab Cake State. <laughs> I like Crab Cakes. Yeah, they're hit or miss for me, honestly. That's true. They are hit or they miss. They could be fucking horrible. Ugh. Yeah, that's true. They can stink like butts. Anyway, Rich, this was amazing. I'm. I want. I can't wait. I don't want it to end. I don't want this to end. But I also am. A, it's like Christmas. I want to see what the next thing is. Me what, too. What you are, know what's fucked up is that we were at like 33 minutes. Yeah. Now before we're we started that email, and now it's almost at an hour, like the show normally. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I did take my time with that one. I didn't rush through read it like I normally do. I didn't notice the difference. Thanks for that email, Rich. <laughs> and uh, thanks, everybody, for their emails. And like we always say, you can send us an email about literally anything. doesn't have to have anything to do with Star Trek. doesn't have to have anything to do with sci-fi. Yeah. Uh, don't send an original character's pitch from a <laughs> several-months-old thing. <laughs> but besides that, pretty much anything. <laughs> Um, and you can send that email to mclassemail at gmail.com. Singular, it has never been plural. Yeah. Ever. And we're in not going to change it, although that is an intriguing idea. <laughs> I have thought about changing OGOC's name because it makes no fucking sense. I love it. I don't it. know what to change it to. No, I think it's great. It's, it's, or, it's original, original characters, is what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I think that's funny, but it sounds cool. OGOC it sounds is, cool. Sounds like it a t-shirt company from the 80s. It's OGOC, baby. Yes. Silver. What was it? What was the shirt? Silver or something? Silver Streak? No, that's a movie. <laughs> Swordfish? Swordfish is also a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that one. Oh, um, man. Quicksilver, that's what it was. Quicksilver, yeah. That was like a 90s thing. Yeah, it was like early 90s, mid-90s. Tony Hawk was like big Quicksilver. I, like, I used to buy those shirts a lot. I had a couple. Yeah. Um. Again, thanks everybody who wrote in. Thanks everybody who just listens and has a good time listening to us. Yeah. Uh, as always, we appreciate it. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter, at Podcast if you're so inclined. You got anything you want to plug in this episode, Josh? Uh, well, nothing's really changed in the last, like, hour, so, um... Mm. <laughs> watch Continue. It's on every Wednesday. I'm uh, sure they all do. Listen to M-Class. Oh, you are already. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> listen to M-Class Podcast. This is email. Yeah, listen to... Wait, go back and listen to the other one. Uh, 
That's it, I guess. Head on over to patreon.com slash mclasspodcast where you can get this show a week ago. Yeah, you would have had it already. You would have had it a week ago. It would have made your drive home from work better because you already listened to the regular podcast and on the way home you listened to this one. Like, no. No? You would have already listened to this one and on the way home you would listen to Jeff and Josh shoot the shit. Oh, fuck. There's three of them. Which is a free podcast that you pay for. <laughs> it's a free podcast that you pay I fucking... Why don't we, like, trademark that? We should. A it's, free podcast you pay for. It's a free podcast you pay for by being a patron over at patreon.com slash podcast for as low as $5 a month. You get several podcasts and a Discord membership. Yeah. And a bunch of wallpapers. I've been hanging out on the Discord and making snarky comments. And people love it. Yeah, uh, they kind of ignore me now. They're kind of like, oh, Josh is here again. Oh, That's the thing. They're very, like, blase about us yeah. as hosts being there. They're just like, yeah, just they like got, anybody else. They got their own thing. I don't want to step on anyone's toes. It's they got true. Their there's a whole, like... Yeah. There's a whole, like, culture... That's yeah. formed around that podcast. Now they have their own thing, and like when that's we cool. pop in, they're like, "Oh, it's Jeff. Or, yeah. Oh, it's Josh. Hey, what's up?" But like normally, they just go about their own shit, and I feel like I caused that a little bit because I was there a lot to begin with. Mm-hmm. So they're just like, "Oh, one of the hosts is here. Who cares?" It's okay. it's, and that's fine because they love it and it's fun. Yes. And I've I've learned a lot there. <laughs> I've learned a lot. <laughs> There I contributed. <laughs> there I contributed. <laughs> it's a free podcast you pay for. It's a free podcast you pay for. It loves five dollars a month. I fucking um, love it. Head on, if you really want a good thing and not this dumb old podcast or any of the dumb shit we do, you can head on over to inksburg.com <laughs> and check out my webcomic. It's great. Do I already it. talked about it in the old one. So I'm not gonna do it again. Do it again. It's really fucking good. No, check it out. It's awesome. It's it's great. Thank you, Josh. I love um, it. Thanks one more time, and we will be back in one week's time with more M class goodness. Or earlier, if you become a patron, <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye bye.